Hi, everybody, and welcome to Martin Van Dyke Undercovers, produced in partnership with the Ann Arbor District Library. Lawrence Andrew Lowell Tolhurst is a founding member and the former drummer and keyboardist of the British band The Cure. They formed in 1976, led by vocalist, guitarist, and principal songwriter Robert Smith. They first began releasing music in the late 70s with their debut album, Three imaginary boys. This, along with several early singles, placed the band as part of the post-punk and new wave movements that sprung up in the wake of the punk rock revolution in the United Kingdom. During the early 1980s, the band's increasingly dark and tormented music was a staple of the emerging gothic rock genre. But then The Cure surprised everybody by going in a more pop direction with hit singles like Let's Go to Bed and Love Song and The Love Cats and Friday I'm in Love. The Cure is estimated to have sold close to 30 million albums since their inception. And now their former drummer and keyboardist Lawrence Lull Tolhurst has written the first insider account of the early days of the band. Lowell Tolhurst's new book is called Cured, the Tale of Two Imaginary Boys. When I did my recent interview with Lowell Tolhurst, I asked him why he waited until now to write his book about his days in The Cure. Well, um, I think really the the main reason to do it now is... um you know, I'm, I'm in the second half of my life, probably, and, uh, you know, I, I have a little more perspective about what went on back then, you know. About, you know, it, I, I don't think I could have done it if I was in my 30s or 40s. It wouldn't have, uh, it, it, I wouldn't have had such a clear view about what went on. And, you know, the, the space between is, has really been able, I've really been able to, you know, kind of... Uh, reevaluate stuff and 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 see it for what it really was you know so hopefully i've been able to translate that into the book i had no idea that you and robert smith have been friends for so very very long back back to when you were just little kids do you right. t- t- tell us about that how, how did this all get started and where where again did you grow up well you know we we, we grew up in crawley which is uh, about 25 miles south of london it's it's suburbia what it was really was in the Second World War. There was a lot of um, a lot of London had been bombed, and uh, so they they removed people that lived in the centre of town and built these new towns on the outskirts of London. And um, they were basically row after row of, of you know tracked housing and not very pleasant to live in. And uh, <clears throat> that's where we grew up. And I met Robert when I was five years old on the first day of school, <laughs> and uh, we we got on the bus together. You know, and I'm, my mum and his mum, you know, they put us together and <clears throat> said, look after each other. And we got off the bus and uh, went off to school. Why did you take up drums? Why was that the instrument for you? Um, you know, I, I always liked the idea of the drums because when I was a teenager, I started listening to music a bit more intensely as one does. And uh, to me, the drums had uh, sort of dual nature. They They were... They were sacred in a way because they were like, you know, sort of a mantra and a meditation, but they were also quite visceral and, you know, that you had to actually get in there and, and do something physically to make them work. And uh, so I always liked, you know, both aspects of it. They they seemed cerebral, but also, you know, quite physical as well. Mm. 
would, what would you consider the, the first big break or two in the Cure's career once you got together with Robert musically and started uh, to, to really want to make this a career? What were some of the key moments where you first thought, wow, I could actually quit my day job and, and be able to do this for a living? Well, I, I do actually remember quitting my day job, and that was, and, and I think I'd describe it in the book actually. But yeah. It was, it was very, uh, it was very strange. It was a very strange experience because for a little while there, you know, and I, I was working uh, in a laboratory, training to be a chemist, and uh, uh, for a little while there, I sort of felt, well, maybe I'm on vacation. Maybe it's, uh, you know, all going to stop in 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 a couple of weeks, you know, and I have to go back to work, and that was about almost 40 years ago now so it's it's never stopped you know (laughs) you write uh uh in the book i forget where this venue was but you uh had the pleasure of being the opening act for another one of my favorite groups of all time wire and you have some some very very uh interesting things to say about uh wire and what an influence they were on the cure can you talk about that a little bit sure i mean you know we, we we had heard of of wire but we'd never seen them you know in 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 the flesh as it were and when we were asked to open for them we thought well that's that's great you know seems to be a good combination but when we went to see them we realized that they were quite a bit further along than us in their in their overall presentation you know that they they had something that was uh, of the time which was a sort of a little punky but they were also you know a little more um Expressive, I guess, is really the the thing I was looking for because they they, they had some more more tunes, but they were were kind of uh, you know a bit more interesting than than just sort of a regular sort of punk thrash, and uh, that that really appealed to us. And it kind of you know for myself and Robert, we we also looked at them and realised okay, on one hand they look very normal and things look very straightforward, but on the other hand it, it's quite. Uh, different what they were doing and that was a little shocking to us you know sure yeah yeah and i'm, I'm hoping i give me his last name right is it chris perry this man by the yeah. name of chris perry had a, yeah. it's just so important in the history of the career of the the cure but one of these guys who's behind the scenes tell us about chris right. if you would right well chris we we met because we we had had a sort of abortive attempt at getting a record deal we got a record deal with a, a, a german label hansa Ariola, and um after a little while, they decided they didn't like us much. You know that they didn't really want to, you know, record our music, and um, so we left. And we were a bit despondent for a while. And eventually, we started putting out cassette tapes, as it was back then, to different record labels. And we got turned down by everybody. And Parry was working for, um, excuse me, he was working for Polydor at the time, and uh, we'd sent him a, a tape and. Uh, he decided, you know what, I can see something in these guys. And uh, I think really Chris Perry's role for us was as a sort of interface with the, the music industry, with the horrible aspects of the music industry. Hmm. So, you know, he was very instrumental in that way. Mm-hmm. After the, the the early days and, and albums like Faith and Pornography came this uh, incredible change in the, in the sound of the cure, cure when, when you really achieved this huge worldwide success. What, what led to the recording of songs like Let's Go to Bed and The Love Cats and, and The Walk? Is that this just took this, this, your group to such an incredible level. What, what happened with the aesthetic of the band? What was going on there, Lowell? 
Um, well, you know, for us, pop had never really been a dirty word. You know, we 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 were open to all kinds of music and all kinds of things. And I think, you know, if you think about like our upbringing, if you look at the the you know the, the real meaning of the word Catholic, it means universal. You know, mm-hmm. and so we really wanted to be. We didn't want to tie ourselves down to one particular fashion. We never felt we were fashionable. So, uh, you know, when the opportunity came and it was just myself and Robert at that point, uh, we thought, well, well, we'll try and experiment a bit more and just rather than experiment in a way that might seem obvious for a, for a rock band to become a bit darker and a bit more moody, we'll go the other way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we always wanted to go the other way, basically. We always looked at the world through the other end of the telescope and so we thought well okay we like some kinds of pop songs so why don't we just make our own version of pop and that's really what we did wasn't it around this time that you were really moving more from drums to keyboards was that an right. easy transition for you what led to um, that yes and no i mean on, on some parts i mean i, I missed the, the the more visceral elements of, of drumming but the thing about keyboards keyboards are a rhythm, rhythm instrument anyway you know and it's uh what I really, what I really was into at that point was like the new electronica and the new sounds that you could get because you know that wasn't possible earlier on. So um, I was really sort of you know interested in that side of it. Mm-hmm. You, uh, Chris Perry's uh, label that uh, gosh you were a part of, part of for a long time, Fiction Records, uh, was also the home of another much loved band, The Associates, and you write some right. really really touching things about. Billy McKenzie, and I, I just yeah. re- read this with with in awe because I never saw the Associates play. But man, I love their music so much. Tell me about your your thoughts on Billy McKenzie. What a, one of these musical geniuses who just you know couldn't couldn't still be with us. You know, it's right, just so right. sad. That, that was it. It's very sad. And and Billy was like you know Billy was like a fragile flower, really. You know, mm-hmm. he he had such skill, and so, I mean, I've sat in the studio with him where. He's just sung every instrument of of a song to to like everybody in his band, and you know he's just he's just had this amazing skill. And also, you know, if you knew him well, he was he was a very lovely man, a very uh, you know, open, genuine soul. And when he died, um, you know, it broke my heart. It was uh, it, it was, but he was one of these people that were. You know, it had to burn brightly and and then flame out. You know, that's really what was going to go and be his his life. You know, but um, yeah, yeah, we we did. We, uh, the associates opened for the Cure on the tour, and I have some very fond memories of that with Billy. So you know, not all is lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With all of the great heights and all the ups of the Cure's career, there were boy, and I really had no idea about this. Low the. The, the issues you had uh, with alcohol, which just uh, really, really de- derailed you, and um, there, the the like a lot of folks, uh, not the the easiest relationship that that guys have with their fathers. Do you mind talking about right. some of this difficult stuff a little bit? Well, you know, I mean, one of the reasons for writing this book was not just to be you know my memoir and the story of the cure, whatever. It was also to act as uh, you know maybe maybe to help other people who have had the same problems that I had because I, I think you know addiction and alcoholism are, are universal problems in 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 our world and 
it took me a long time to find out what was wrong with me and how to overcome it and how to get better and to treat what was uh, what I ultimately found out is you know a disease and um, that's really one of the, one of the, you know I mean it's probably pretty obvious from the title cured but it's mm-hmm. um, you know it's one of the reasons I wanted to 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 write the book to to illustrate that stuff and. For me, you know, I, in writing the book, it was it was cathartic and therapeutic at the same time. But I also, you know, I started to realize things about my, my family history and my relationship with my father, which wasn't great. Um, a, a lot of it, I realized, really was because he was an untreated alcoholic and died in the disease of alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And that changed the trajectory of my life because uh, not only was I, you know, likely to have have that kind of uh, thing happen to me in my life um it also you know in a, in a positive sense it meant that you know uh, like i say in the book i found my family outside of my family and my family was the cure and it still is to a greater or lesser extent so um there were some positive things from it but you know ultimately um i hope with with cure to be able to help people through through what was you know a big problem in my life that actually got resolved and is is much you know much better nowadays of course and if you would tell us about uh, boy this must have been so difficult to be a to be in a court with your lifelong friend Robert yeah. Smith and and to really have your your not only your musical partnership but your friendship completely ruptured for for many years but ultimately right. a, a reconciliation which is just really right. lovely to, to read G- give us your thoughts on this well you know part, parts of uh, people always think um you know, band, bands are, 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 are many things, uh, business as well, but, but people always think with, with uh, alcoholism that, that it's, it's all about drinking. It's not. It's about um, how you view the world and how you uh, approach people and how you live your life. And so even though, you know, at the point where I went to court with, with the manager initially and, and Robert got dragged into that kind of thing, um, I, I was sober, but I wasn't kind of treated for my, my disease of alcoholism. Mm-hmm. So then um, at the end of that, that's really when I sort of hit the, the bottom that, you know, you hear people talk about. And that was the lowest point of my life when, when the case was lost and uh, everything, you know, that I'd been through was, was really at, at its lowest point. And that's when I started the recovery. And part of the recovery from all those kind of things is to go to the people that you have, uh, you know, injured in your life and make amends. And that's what I did. And because, you know, Robert's my true friend and has always been my friend, um, you know, eventually there's forgiveness and there's reconciliation. And so, you know, you read all about that in the book. But, mm. uh, but you know, it's one of the reasons why I'm here now. Yeah. One final, very quick question: What what moment are you most proud of in the Cure? What what album? What song? What live performance? Is there is there one? Can you pick one or a couple? Well, I could pick a couple, I guess. For 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 the album, I I always really liked pornography because I felt as the three piece version of the Cure, it was the the most pure distillation. And for live performances, well, we we played in Athens in 1985. That was probably the biggest audience I've ever played to about a hundred thousand people, and. I, that was that was pretty wonderful. If a little scary, 
But then, you know, more recently, I did the, the Reflections tour with, with uh, The Cure, which was like 2011. And uh, that was pretty wonderful to, to redo that and, re- and re-experience what was really my youth, you know. Thank you for listening to Martin Van Dyke Undercovers and our interview with Lowell Tolthurst about his new book, Cured, The Tale of Two Imaginary Boys. This has been a presentation of the Ann Arbor District Library.